Good day, everyone. This is Points of Interest in the World of Employment on LocalJobNetwork.com radio. Today we are going to talk about a topic that actually applies to a large percentage of us, planning for retirement. I'm Lynn Molitor from the Local Job Network. According to the nonprofit Employee Benefit Research Institute, about one in four workers describe themselves as not at all confident about retirement. In fact, most Americans realize they aren't saving enough for retirement. And then all of us hear so much on the news about Social Security. Don't change it. It needs to be changed. I don't know what to believe. So I have to admit that I don't even really know how it works, except that I pay into it and my parents are receiving it. So today we're going to talk with Andrew Hunt, an Associate Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual. Northwestern Mutual is the marketing name for the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and its subsidiaries. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me today, Lynn. So we actually have so much to talk about that we are going to break up our conversation into two shows. So get ready to learn a lot, everyone. Okay, Andrew, bottom line. In general, are people saving enough for retirement? Well, it's difficult to comment on people in general because retirement will look and feel different for everyone. A lot of factors come into play, such as how old you are, when you stop working, how long you're going to live, and how much you spend to maintain your lifestyle during retirement years. Before an individual makes a decision to stop working, they should calculate how much money they're going to want to spend each month or each year during retirement. Next, an individual really should identify what resources they will have for income later in life. If you know you will inherit a sum of money or believe that you will work part-time during retirement, you may not need to save as much as others. However, I will say that in general, people are not saving enough for retirement. Some people underestimate how much money they'll need to maintain their lifestyle and pay for health care. Others forget to factor in the effects of inflation. Unfortunately, some people simply choose to spend their income on things that they want today, as opposed to setting aside money for basic living expenses they'll need to pay for in the future. Okay. So at what age should people start saving for retirement? One of the basic principles of saving and investing is that the longer you have to save, the fewer dollars you need to set aside. For example, if a 25-year-old wanted to save $1 million by the time he or she were 65, he or she would need to save $285 a month, assuming that they could invest at an 8% compounded interest rate. At the same time, if a 35-year-old wanted to save $1 million by age 65, he or she would need to be setting aside $667 a month, assuming the same 8% compounded interest rate. Now, I think most of us would agree it's easier to carve out $285 a month from our pay than it is to carve out $667 a month from our pay. So the answer is, the sooner you can start saving for retirement, the easier it will be because you can save a smaller amount each pay period and still accomplish your goal. Wow, that was a compelling example. I would agree. <laughs> save earlier. So by the way, what age is considered retirement age? I think that most of the time when someone refers to retirement age, they're speaking of the Social Security Administration's full retirement age. Those workers born after 1960 are eligible for full retirement benefits at age 67. However, there are a few different ages that can be important when starting to plan your retirement years. First of all, age 59 and a half is the earliest you can access money from your retirement plans, such as your 401ks and your IRAs, without paying any penalties. There are a few exceptions to this, but most American workers must wait until age 59 and a half to access that money. At age 62, you qualify for at least reduced retirement benefits from Social Security. 
If you choose to collect retirement benefits early, your benefits are reduced by a fraction of a percent for each month prior to your full retirement age. At age 65, you qualify for Medicare health insurance benefits. Health insurance during retirement has become an increasingly important part of planning for retirement. We meet many workers who hope to work until age 65 so they don't go without health insurance before becoming eligible for Medicare. And lastly, again, for those born on or after 1960, age 67 is your full retirement age for Social Security retirement benefits. Oh, okay. Well, you just taught me some things that I probably should have known. So thanks. So moving on, has this, um, has this retirement age changed in the past 20 years? Most of those requirements in those ages have not changed. In 1983, the Social Security Administration staggered the ages when you qualify for full retirement benefits. Full retirement age now gradually increases between ages 65 and 67, depending on your year of birth. Once again, for those workers born after 1960, the full retirement age is 67. If you were born before 1960, you will reach your full retirement age sometime between age 65 and 67. The Social Security Administration's decision to delay when workers become eligible for these full retirement benefit packages complements improvements to the average worker's health. Workers are staying healthier, longer, and they're able to stay on the job to a later age than they were even just 20 years ago. When you consider how the average life expectancy has increased over the last few decades, staying on the job until age 67 still allows many people to enjoy 10, 20, and even 30 years or more of retirement. You know, this is so true. My grandfather actually was retired for a total of 30 years. So Isn't that great? I'm glad I've got that in, uh, in, my, his- in my future, hopefully. So how much in total should I optimally be saving for retirement? Well, once again, it's really difficult to say how much each person should be saving for retirement because we will have very different experiences during retirement. It's important during your working years to find a good balance between saving for your short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. For some of us, retirement is many years away, and there are a number of major life events we're going to need money for before we even get to retirement. So it's important that individuals don't view their retirement goal as the only thing they need to save for. I would always recommend that people have an emergency fund set aside for short-term needs and emergencies. It's also a good idea to have some money set aside for midterm goals, such as purchasing a house, investing in education, and money for family expenses. The people we see who are really successful with their personal finances are regularly setting aside money for short-term, midterm, and long-term goals all at the same time. It's not fair for us to say all people should be saving a certain amount, again, because some people may have access to financial resources that others do not. But it's not too far off target to say that people generally need to be saving about 10% of their income towards their retirement each year in order to maintain that lifestyle. I often tell the story of pension plans in the United States where each year employers offered, who offered these pension plans for their employees knew that they needed to set aside about 10% of their payroll each year in order to maintain benefits for their retired employees. Now that many U.S. workers do not receive pension benefits, the onus falls onto the worker to save and have a good aim, good target to shoot for in retirement. And that target is approximately 10% of their income each year. Once again, that doesn't apply to all workers, and I would strongly suggest speaking with a financial advisor or using online tools and calculators to help you identify what amount you should be saving given your specific circumstances. That's an interesting story, though. That's helpful. So how can someone best save for retirement when they may still be paying off college loans and they want to live and have a good time, especially in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and their 50s too? Oh, I know. That's really the hard part, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's difficult to know what the right balance is between enjoying the benefits of your income today and saving for your income so that you can enjoy life during retirement. 
The best advice we can give people is to act fast and increase their savings rate at the same time they see an increase in their income. For most of us, the biggest boost in income will happen when we find our first full-time job. But we can also anticipate raises and promotions will increase our paychecks over time. There's two different ways to save money from each paycheck. You can save first and spend what's left over, or you can spend first and save what's left. We see a much higher success rate with individuals who commit to saving a certain amount every single pay period and then budget their lifestyle around the remainder of their paycheck. It's one of the reasons why retirement plans offered by employers are so popular. Money is taken out of your paycheck and put into a savings account or investment account before you even have a chance to spend it. How true, how true. So aren't I saving enough for retirement when social, social security comes out of my paycheck each time? You know, Social Security was never intended to be your only source of income during retirement. It was established to provide a base of financial protection for working people and their families when earnings are lost due to retirement, disability, or death. The average expected benefit for a retiree in 2012 is $1,229 per month. That works out to $14,748 a year, or a bit more than $7.37 an hour for a typical full-time 2,000-hour-a-year job. That's barely above the $7.25 hourly minimum wage. Most of us desire a lifestyle that costs more than a minimum wage job can provide, so relying on Social Security income for your retirement years is probably not enough. You need to build some personal savings. Well, I have to admit, I don't know about our listeners, but I didn't know anything about that. So can you explain Social Security a bit for us? Yeah. In the U.S., employers and employees are required to pay Social Security taxes on the employee's earnings up to the threshold. The money raised from these taxes goes to providing benefits for those who have reached retirement age or are otherwise eligible for benefits. In this way, today's workers provide funds for the people drawing benefits today, and when today's workers retire, the workers of that time will, at least theoretically, provide the funds. You receive Social Security benefits based on the amount of Social Security taxes you have paid, which, up to a certain maximum amount, is based on your income. People who have had greater incomes tend to get higher Social Security benefits. But the Social Security formula is designed to replace a larger portion of a low-wage earner's income. In this way, Social Security, in principle, provides for those in need. So if I paid into Social Security all of my life, does that mean I will get the same quality of living in my retirement years as I have now? Although, based on your previous answers, I suspect I know the answer. Yeah, the answer is definitely no. <laughs> Uh, the objective of Social Security retirement program is not to replace 100% of your pre-retirement income. If you have average earnings, your Social Security benefits will replace only about 40% of your pre-retirement earnings. Wow. And the numbers change based on how much you earn while you're working. Individuals with income above 50000 a year will replace a smaller percentage of their pre-retirement income with Social Security benefits. Conversely, individuals with incomes below 50000 will replace a larger percent of their income with Social Security benefits. So this is interesting. So do I only get out of Social Security what I paid in? Your monthly benefit is determined based on how long and how much you paid into the Social Security system during your working years. When you stop working and begin receiving benefits each month, those benefits will continue until you die. If you die in the early years of retirement, you may not get back all of the money that you paid in. However, if you live a long life, well past the average life expectancy, you will receive benefits beyond what you paid in. So maybe my grandfather was fortunate yeah, he was receiving so. more than he paid in. Right. So can you tell us how Social Security is funded? My annual benefit statement indicates my employer is actually paying something on my behalf as well. 
That's right. If you're covered on an employer's payroll, you and your employer each pay Social Security and Medicare taxes. In 2012, workers paid 4.2% of their salary up to a salary of $110,100 in Social Security taxes and 1.45% of their salary in Medicare taxes. Your employer paid 6.2% in Social Security taxes on your earned income up to $110,100 and 1.45% in Medicare taxes for you. If you're self-employed, you paid the entire 10.4% for Social Security taxes and the entire 2.9% in Medicare taxes on your net earnings, again, up to that threshold amount. Oh, so my employer's actually paying more on my behalf. I didn't realize that. So why do we keep hearing in the news that Social Security will go bankrupt sometime in the future? I always wanted to ask someone this question. Nobody's positive. We, we can't predict the future. I think it's unlikely that Social Security will go bankrupt because the federal government always has the power to increase Social Security taxes on workers in order to pay benefits to retirees. Nevertheless, the Social Security system is facing serious financial problems. And action is needed soon to make sure the system will be sound when today's younger workers are ready for retirement. Without changes, in 2033, the Social Security Trust Fund will be able to pay only about 75 cents for each dollar of scheduled benefits. We really need to resolve these issues soon to make Social Security continue to provide a foundation of protection for future generations. So let's move away from Social Security and go into the pension plans. What about a pension plan? Can you explain what this is? Yeah, a pension plan is a retirement benefit established by an employer and oftentimes entirely funded by an employer. There are two different types of pension plans, defined benefit pensions and defined contribution pensions. With a defined benefit pension, the employer commits to paying retirees a predetermined amount each month in retirement for as long as the retiree lives. The amount is based on the employee's years of service and their income level while on the job. The employer sets aside investments each year so that they can pay the promised benefits to their retired workers. The employer takes on risk by providing this benefit because if their investments do not perform as well as planned, or if the company is not profitable and cannot set aside the necessary money, they still have to make those predetermined payments to their retired workers. With most defined benefit plans, the employer makes the investment decisions for you or on your behalf. Alternatively, with a defined contribution pension, the employer commits to setting aside a predetermined amount of money each year, but they make no promise as to how much their employees will receive when they retire. Usually the predetermined amount that the employer sets aside is a percentage of the employee's annual pay. A defined contribution program reduces the investment risk an employer has because their responsibility is only to make a contribution towards their employee's retirement, not promise a certain level of benefits during retirement. Some defined contribution plans allow the employee to make the investment decisions, but all of them allow the employee to decide how they want their money distributed to them during their retirement years. So do many employers offer pension plans today? Well, over the last 30 years, there's been a big decline in the number of U.S. employers who offer defined benefit pension plans to their employees. 30 years ago, one in two private sector workers participated in a defined benefit pension. Today, just one in five private workers has a pension. So Andrew, what types of jobs typically offer pension plans? Well, workers who belong to a union are more likely to be offered a traditional pension plan at work. A large majority of state and local government workers are offered a traditional pension plan as well. Lastly, large companies, employers with 500 or more workers, say, are more likely to offer traditional pensions as well. Oh, that helps me understand why some places have pension plans and others don't. Okay, so what happens to pension plans if an employer goes out of business after a person retires? In 1974, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation was formed. 
In 2012, employers who offer defined benefit pensions pay an insurance premium of between $9 and $35 per year per worker to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. If a company were to go out of business, PBGC will pay guaranteed benefits, usually covering a large part of total earned benefits, and make strong efforts to recover funds from that employer. However, they do not guarantee retired workers will receive 100% of the amount promised by their former employer. For pension plans, which ended in 2012, workers who retire at age 65 can receive up to $4,653 per month, or $55,840 per year. Well, at least that's good to know that there's some some relief there. So if secu- Social Security and pension plans don't cover it, the next option is to start saving ourselves. How much of my paycheck should I start saving? It's really important to save a meaningful but doable amount. I say meaningful because it's going to take more than just spare change. Most people have to work hard at budgeting and setting aside money to give themselves a chance to retire without a reduction in lifestyle. Nevertheless, it has to be a doable amount. We all have fixed expenses every month that we need to pay for, things like mortgage or rent, auto insurance, food, toothpaste, all (laughs) of those things. But I think the goal of retiring one day in the future is important enough for some people that they stop to consider how they spend their extra cash and whether any of that extra cash each pay period should be saved for their goal of retiring. So it's really important that you dial into the right number. And it's very easy for a financial advisor to tell you how much you need to save if you want to retire at a certain age and with a certain income and lifestyle. But it's up to you to figure out what's the doable number. What can you save now without compromising your current needs and responsibilities? Where is the best place to put my savings for retirement if I, you know, so choose to set some aside now? Yeah, great question. Best means different things to different people. Very often, you want to use a retirement plan that's tax qualified. The U.S. government recognizes it's difficult for people to save, and the government has to foot the bill when their citizens become indigent or run out of money. Social welfare programs like Medicaid and government housing for the poor are very expensive for the government. So in an effort to encourage workers to save throughout their lives, the IRS provides tax benefits to those who save responsibility. Accounts such as IRAs, which stand for Individual Retirement Accounts, which a person can establish on their own, or a 401k, or maybe a 403b plan, which is provided by an employer, offer helpful tax benefits each time you deposit money to them. We generally recommend individuals first look at to their employer to see if there's a retirement plan at work. The reason being, retirement plans at work are usually set up to take money out of each paycheck and set it aside for you. This makes saving a little bit easier. People are much more likely to save every time they get paid if money is taken out before they have a chance to spend it. If your employer does not offer a retirement plan at work, we'd suggest setting up an IRA where money is automatically transferred from your checking account the same day each month so that the process is built into your monthly budget and you don't have to think about it each month. Be aware that all tax-qualified plans are subject to IRS guidelines, including eligibility guidelines. I do like that saving those pre-tax dollars, though. So on that note, we are actually going to take a break, but we do still have much more to talk about. We have been talking with Andrew Hun, an Associate Wealth Management Advisor with the Northwestern Mutual. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of helpful information for us to digest. In part two of our interview, we're actually going to talk about 401k plans and IRAs. So please, listeners, stay tuned for more. I'm Lynn Molitor on localjobnetwork.com radio. Thanks for listening. 